This morning I want to talk to you about leaving a favored life. Do you know when the angel appeared to Mary and revealed to her what was about to take place as God sent his son through her life? He described her as being favored before God. And in this passage we're going to look at today from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 26, verses, or chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In this passage, God foretells what he is going to do. And only God can foretell what he is going to do. This week I was on the computer and an ad popped up for a show. And it was a, a, a stock market show where a gentleman predicts winning stocks. And he's been around for a good while, so I guess he's gotten uh, good at it and perhaps even made a few lucky calls. But you know, even that person who makes their life predicting the stock market, that person who has lots of experience and apparently has had some success at it, when you watch that show, at the very best, those predictions are simply guesses. They may be well-informed guesses that statistically have a, a pretty good shot of, of coming true, but ultimately they're just, they're just guesses. You and I today, we often say what we're going to do. We can make plans and we can make promises. But just like the person who guesses about the stock market, the reality is, is that we're not in control even of our own life. We can't control the weather. We can't control our health. We can't control what other people are going to do. And so even when we make plans and promises, we're subject to the limitations of our own ability. God, however, has none of these limitations. And so when God says what's going to happen, it's, it's not a prediction nor a guess. And it may be a promise and a plan, but unlike our promises and our plans, it's with absolute certainty. When we gather to celebrate Christmas this year, we gather together knowing that God sent his son. For many of us, we have celebrated this fact for decades now. But when the angel appeared to Mary, this event had not yet happened. Mary didn't have the benefit that you and I have of knowing that it's already taken place. Mary didn't have the benefit that you and I have had of celebrating this year after year after year. It was brand new news to her. And it came to her life before the event ever happened. God was able to foretell what he was going to do. I hope that'll encourage you as we think about the time of uncertainty in which we live. Right here in the middle of a pandemic, we know that different companies had developed vaccines. And some people have great hope that they'll work and be very effective, and, and I hope they will. Other people have predicted when this might be over and when we could possibly go back to some sense of normal and other people have predicted that life will never be normal again. None of us really know for certain what's going to happen in the world. 
in our nation or even in our community over this next year. But we serve a God who does know for certain. And so when God gives promises to us in his word, we can believe them. We can trust them. And unlike a stock show in which we get an educated guess and take a risk hoping it might work out, when we base our life on God's promises, we can live with the absolute certainty of knowing that God is able to bring about everything that he promises and everything that he foretells. And the amazing thing about understanding this about God is not just that he knows what's going to happen, but that because he loves us, and when we love him, we're, we are favored by God. Because of this, it gives us a hope. It gives us a hope even when we don't know for sure what our economy or our health or business relationships are going to look like this next year. It gives us hope because we know what awaits for us as we pursue the Lord. So I want to ask you, wherever you are, if you're able, would you just join me in standing as we read this passage together? It's Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. The Bible says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray together. Father, I ask today that you give us a faith like Mary had to hear your word, and to believe it, and to live upon it. Father, speak to us for these next few moments. We ask in your son's name. Amen. You may be seated. So we look at Mary's life and what was going on, and we see how God works all throughout Scripture. We know that the Lord brings times of favor into our lives. Mary was not seeking an encounter with God, 
but God was seeking an encounter with Mary. Look at that first verse that we just read in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. He was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth. Well, Mary was a nobody in the middle of nowhere, but God knew her name. Gabriel came to her because God sent him. God was reaching out to her to have an encounter with her. We think about this, the insignificance of where Mary lived and who she was. The Bible tells us that she was from Nazareth. And when Philip would later tell Nathaniel that he had discovered the Messiah, here's how Nathaniel responded. John chapter 1, verse 46. Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth is a very insignificant place. And had Jesus not been born there, you and I have probably never even heard of it today. But yet here Mary was, a young lady who was nobody of any stature, but yet God was reaching out to her. Do you know that we find all throughout Scripture God speaking to people, God drawing them unto himself. Perhaps you've taken for granted that there was a time in your life that God spoke to you and drew you into salvation. What a blessing that the creator of the universe knows who we are and speaks into our lives. Mary that day was no doubt surprised, perhaps a little stunned, as she had an encounter with the angel of the living God. A few years ago, there was a man who was elected president of the Southern Baptist Convention. His name was Fred Luter. He's a pastor in New Orleans. And Fred told the story that uh, that, that week he was, he was about to go on to a news program and, and interview, and he's his standing backstage, and his cell phone rang. And his cell phone rang, he answered, he said, hello. And the voice on the other line of the phone says, Dr. Luter, please hold for the president. And Fred said, I said, President of what? And the lady says, of the United States of America, sir. And Fred said, I started to laugh. I said, yeah. He said, I thought one of my friends was pranking me. I said, yeah, I'll hold. I'll hold for the president. Put the president on the phone. And then he said, all hell the chief began to play through his phone. And the president of the United States, for real, came on the line. He was calling to congratulate him for being elected president of the Southern Baptist Convention. That day, Fred, who's a very humble man and didn't think of himself as anyone of great stature or note, he received a call that he was not seeking nor expecting. And the reality is, as honoring as it might be, to receive a call to be congratulated by the President of the United States. That's so insignificant compared to receiving a call from the Lord. A call inviting us to believe and be saved. A call inviting us to have purpose in life. Marry this unknown person in a little respected village 
God sent the angel Gabriel to speak to her and to call her into this relationship. Just as he foretold to the prophet Isaiah, well, God sent his son through a virgin. The scripture emphasizes this over and over again. And in this passage, I want you to notice how the Bible describes this young lady. It says in Luke chapter 27, uh, chapter 1, verse 27, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Do you notice that the Bible tells us twice that she's a virgin before it ever tells us her name? You see, what she was was more important than, than who she was. For God had foretold to the prophet Isaiah, God who is able to bring about all his promises and all of his plans, had foretold what he was going to do. And God foretold that he was going to send his son through a virgin. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 this is the Old Testament prophet Isaiah speaking before this had ever happened, God revealing what he was going to do. And here's what he says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So God said through the Old Testament prophet Isaiah that he was going to send his son through a virgin. And then now as the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. The Bible tells us twice before it ever tells us her name that she is a virgin. Do you notice what Isaiah says? He says, the Lord himself will give you a sign, a sign. Have you ever wondered why you should believe and trust in the Lord? Well, you see, God is not calling us to a blind leap of faith. God has given us signs so that we might know who he is and that his promises are trustworthy and true. And the Bible says that one of the signs that Jesus was indeed from God, that Jesus was the Son of God, that Jesus was the promised Messiah, one of the signs is that he would be born of a virgin. And so the angel Gabriel speaks to Mary, and he says, he says in verse 28, and he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. The angel Gabriel came and he says, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. I want to encourage you today. Our hope comes not from where we are, but from who we are with. As Gabriel came to Mary, he had perhaps the most encouraging words that any person could hear. The Lord is with you. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, listen to the comfort that the Lord gives us based on his presence. It says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them, speaking of the evil ones in the world. For he who is in you 
is greater than he who is in the world. Many people today preach messages promising wealth, health, all types of prosperity. The Bible promises none of these things. It doesn't promise prosperity. It promises the presence of God. As the angel Gabriel came to Mary, he said, the Lord is with you. As Jesus came, he was called Emmanuel, God with us. And the Bible says that he dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. And even as he ascended into heaven, Jesus had given a promise that he was going to send the Comforter, that is, the Holy Spirit. And as he gave those words of great commission, he says, I am with you always. So we think about the source of our hope. It's the presence of God. We hear the message of Gabriel. We learn that God is rescuing us through Jesus. Today we have very real problems. There are people in our community that are sick. There's some that, that won't survive this, this pandemic. In the past week and a half, we've had five deaths, either of church members or active attenders in our church. I, I preached three funerals in a row this week, two on the same day. There are people in our community that are truly suffering and hurting. There are people in our community that their, their businesses won't, won't reopen. They've not been able to survive through this pandemic. We have very real problems. But God calls us to follow him in faith and in courage. So listen to what the Bible says as the angel Gabriel encounters Mary. It says in verse 29, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The Bible tells us that some of us have entertained angels unaware. We know throughout reading the scriptures that sometimes angels appear in human form so that people don't even recognize that they are angels. And perhaps some point in your life, you've even assisted an angel who was in trouble or at least let you think they were in trouble. And you unknowingly entertained an angel unaware. But whenever we see angels appear to people and instead of veiling their glory and appearing in human form, whenever people have encounters with angels, we see that the first words out of the angel's mouth is typically, do not be afraid. I imagine it must be an awesome sight to see an angel. And as Mary 
heard from the angel Gabriel. The Bible says she was greatly troubled, greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. But listen what the angel says to her. Do not be afraid, Mary. And here's why. For you have found favor with God. All throughout the Bible, God has called us to have courage because of our relationship with him. The angel doesn't tell her, don't be afraid because I don't have the power to do anything for he, he did. He told her not to be afraid because she had found favor with God. You see, the Bible never minimizes our problems or our enemies. It simply magnifies the God that we serve. It doesn't teach us that all these things are going to go away. But it teaches us that we serve one who completely overshadows all of these things. When Moses died, Joshua became the leader of the nation of Israel. And here's what the Bible tells us about God's calling on Joshua's life. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. And here's why. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. The reason that we are able to face life and face problems and face the things that God calls us to do, the reason that we're able to face them it's not because God says they're going to be easy. It's not because God says he's going to remove any problems or obstacles. But it's because he says he is going to be with us. So the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, says don't be afraid. For you have found favor with God. The message from the angel is that Jesus would be conceived in the womb of a virgin. Listen to what he says in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Many people struggle to accept what the Bible teaches about how Jesus could be born of a virgin. Many people have questions and say, Pastor, I don't even understand how that's possible. And I can explain it to you. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. You see, the very God who imagined birth, conception, and created a means for it to take place, the same God who created all of that, is not bound by the limits that he put on it. So God is capable of even bringing his son through the womb of a virgin. So why was this important? It was important for many reasons, but one is because God had already foretold this is what he was going to do. You see, God fulfilled his promises to Old Testament Israel. Look at verses 32 and 33 as Gabriel references these, these promises. 
He says, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. You see, many years prior to this, God had made a promise to David that someone was going to sit on his throne forever. He was going to establish through David an eternal dynasty. At different times, people understood this in different ways. In fact, one of the reasons that people struggled to accept Jesus as the Messiah is because they had understood God's promise to be foretelling a military victory. They were living under the oppression of the Roman Empire in the first century. And they thought that God was going to send a Messiah, that God was going to raise up someone who was going to lead them to freedom. Even today, there are those who don't accept Jesus as the Messiah. People in Israel who are looking and longing for someone to be raised up that will give them peace from their enemies and lead them to freedom. The angel Gabriel came to Mary and in his message he revealed to her and to us that God's promise and God's purpose was not to keep us from paying taxes to Rome, but to bring us salvation for our sins and offer us eternal life. And so the angel Gabriel says to Mary, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Verse 34, listen to how Mary responds. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin. Reasonable question, isn't it? Very reasonable question. Mary emphasizes to us that she is a virgin. The Bible's described her twice this way already, just in this passage. And now she says to the angel Gabriel, how will this be since I am a virgin? We look at what God did through Mary what God did for us, we find that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Oftentimes when we don't even understand what we need, God has already accomplished it. And this was the case with Mary. So the angel Gabriel says in verse 35, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Mary doesn't understand how God is going to accomplish this. But she believes. She doesn't say to Gabriel, well, this is impossible. But she says, how will this be? Meaning, how will this be 
accomplished. Mary was a person of great faith. The Bible emphasizes in this passage as we see Gabriel promising that the Messiah will come through a virgin. And then in the next verse, speaking about Elizabeth in her old age, the Bible emphasizes that God is not bound by our limitations. It says in verse 36, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. I don't know how old Elizabeth was, but apparently she was past the age of normal childbirth. And yet, like Sarah, who God promised Abraham would conceive and have a child in her old age, Elizabeth, who was barren her whole life up to this point, God gave her a child. And the angel Gabriel says, And behold, your, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And here's why. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing. Have you ever been in a point in your life when you saw a problem you didn't know how to fix? Maybe you saw a mess that was so bad you weren't sure how it could be undone. There are a lot of problems that we have in life that we cannot solve. There are things that are so complicated we can't unravel them ourselves. But yet the Bible calls us in the midst of all this to have faith in God. Because when we read God's promises and we ask ourselves, how can this be? How can this be? The answer is nothing is impossible with God. So we find God bringing his son to the womb of a virgin. We find God bringing a man that Jesus would say there was none greater born among women. That great prophet and preacher, John the Baptist, he brought him through an old lady who was barren her whole life because nothing is impossible with God. So I want you to listen to Mary's response. Verse 38, and Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary heard. She didn't fully understand. But she believed. So she says to the angel Gabriel, let it be to me according to your word. We need to have faith like Mary to believe God and to take him at his word. When we read the very promises of God that we can be forgiven of our sin, 
When we read the promises of God, that he has prepared a place for us, and that one day he's going to return and receive us, that where he is, we may be also. We may not fully understand. We may say, oh, how is that going to be? I've seen the the, the bodies of my family and friends lowered into the ground. How how are we going to be present with the Lord? What about people who are blown up or or are lost at sea? How are they going to be resurrected? We've got telescopes today. We can see so far into space. Where is heaven? How do I know that it's real? We may have all these questions. Just as the angel Gabriel said to Mary and said, said, you're going to conceive and bear a son. And she says, well, how, how is this going to be? I'm, I'm a virgin. How is it going to be? Well, may we come to the point of simply taking God as his word and believing and trusting. Just as Mary said to the angel Gabriel, she said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I want to encourage you today to take God at his word. There's a lot of sources out there, people predicting things. Some of them may get lucky and get a, get a, get a good guess. Maybe you're here today and you've made all kinds of plans. you said what you're going to do next year. You might be able to bring that about. I hope you do. But when it comes to God, God has not given us educated guesses based on probability. God has not even given us plans that he hopes he'll be able to fulfill. When God makes a promise to you, it's more certain than your existence. God is not bound by our limitations. And so when we ask, well, how can it be? The resounding answer that we have from Scripture is that nothing is impossible with God. So I want to encourage you today to believe God and take him at his word. Maybe right now you're listening or you're watching, and there's never been a time in your life that you've asked God for forgiveness. Here's what the Bible promises. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe you're thinking right now, I I don't know how that's, that's possible. Friend, it's possible because of what Jesus did for you. You see, he did for you what you could not do for yourself. He lived a perfect life. And when he died on the cross, he didn't pay for his sins. He paid for yours. And today, if you were simply asked for forgiveness, God would forgive you. And so I want to ask you, wherever you are, would you just make a decision right now to follow Christ? The Bible says if you'll just pray, that's what it means to call on the Lord, just pray. Say, I don't know how to pray. It's just talking to God, just in your own words, like you talk to anyone else, just from your heart, tell him that you know you've sinned and you want to be forgiven. Just tell God that you want to live for him. God is waiting and he'll he'll answer that prayer. So I want to invite you right now 
Would you just get off your couch, kneel before God? You may just pull the car over right now, just right there on the side of the road, pray and speak to God. If you'll ask for forgiveness, God will hear that prayer and he will answer. For those of us that have come to believe, let us continue in faith. I hope and pray that like Mary, the attitude of your heart and the words of your mouth would be, I'm your servant, Lord. Let it be to me as you have promised. Let's pray together. Father, we give thanks today for your son. I pray that you'd help us to put our absolute total faith in him. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. God bless you.